This is the Software and Technology Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. The more diversity of thought of the people working at tech companies, the better. The blockchain idea was around 91, the same idea of in the digital world, we need verifiable documents. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm your host, Tyler Kern, and joining me is Simon Keogh. He is the head of products at Nanopay. Simon, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So Nanopay uh, has introduced uh, solutions for moving money around the world, and they've made it quicker and easier. And we're going to talk about all of those different things. But before we really dive into what Nanopay does specifically and how they're revolutionizing the world of moving money uh, globally, we need to talk just about some of the shortcomings when it comes to how money has been traditionally moved in the past. And so, Simon, uh, can you just explain what are some of the traditional methods that companies have been using to move money you know, between businesses, and what have been some of those shortfalls of those methods? I mean, sure. Um, When you look at business-to-business payments in the United States today, about 50% of those businesses still pay by check, which is amazing. Uh, Businesses that are uh, sending larger values are sending wires. So checks and wires still makes up, uh, you know, most of the ways that people pay today. And sending checks and wires typically are, it's slow, it's expensive, and most importantly, you don't get a lot of the metadata or the associated data with what payments are for, which is a really big problem today. That's really interesting that, that checks are still being used. I, I know that I, I, don't, I haven't really used a check in a while, but that, that's still a method that's being used between businesses. Uh, even in today's high-tech kind of world, people are still writing out paper checks. They are. And uh, paper checks, you think that they're without cost. They are, in fact, an expensive way to process a payment. Um, so we know there are uh, there are really better ways. I mean, how often has one business paid another called up and said, where is the status on the payment you were making? And in fact, it's the check was in the mail. Um, sending wires is, is along the same lines. It typically moves more quickly, but typically it can be one to two days before the money basically pops up on the other end. And and that's really exactly the way that it happens. So when you send a wire, you need to go into a bank, you need to provide the banking information of the person that you're sending the money to. Um, And when the wire goes, it goes into that black hole and it really, you don't really know that it's arrived on the other end until the business would either uh, go to their bank and find out that the funds are there. Uh, So it it is um, an interesting way uh, given the fact that today I can order a pizza to my home and I can watch the vehicle on my mobile phone drive right to my door, yet when I send a wire to a bank, to another bank around the world, it takes a couple of days and, I, and I'm going to rely on that bank or, or that person on the other end calling me to let me know that they've received the funds. Yeah, that's really interesting. And are there fees associated uh, sometimes with, with sending a wire? So is it always the amount that you send that ends up in the other person's bank account? Uh, that's a, a, a really good point. So not only are wires expensive, and it ranges bank by bank, but it can be you know 25 to $50. Um, but what's interesting, because you're sending a wire and it's actually going through a extensive you know, corresponding banking network, fees can come off along the way. And essentially the way that that works is that when I go ahead and send money to another business, 
the amount that they receive on the other end typically will not be the money, uh, the same amount as, as what I've sent. Um, and, and, and what that means is that reconciling those payments is incredibly difficult to do because at the end of the day, I'm going to see that I received an amount in my bank account. And if it's different than the amount that I'm expecting, it's fine when you're a small business and you're processing one or two payments a week. When you're processing hundreds of payments a week, you know, thousands of payments a month, that reconciliation is very, very difficult. Yeah, absolutely. And it strikes me just that in today's day and age, you know, as the world continues to to shrink due to technology and it feels smaller than ever, more and more business is being done across countries and across, you know, international borders, I suppose. So it's it's important to have, you know, uh, the ability to do business with other businesses around the world. How are wire transfers and checks just not stacking up when it comes to, you know, d- doing business on an international level? Let's say. Yeah, and when you're sending a payment to a business in another part of the world, you're typically going to send a wire. Um, there are other other options, but checks really don't play in to that. But the one thing that um, uh, that I'll say is that when one of the things that's happening right now is as businesses do more business around the world, they are in fact uh, uh, entering into a business partnership with people. They, they may or may not know. So there is an element of trust that plays into the payments industry uh, when, you come, when, it, when it comes to paying uh, other businesses around the world. And if you, don't, if you have no prior history with a business and you're expecting to receive payment before you ship goods, then what you're doing is there's going to be a time lag there. Because what's going to happen is that if I'm entering into a partnership with a business and I pay them, they're going to wait for those funds to clear, essentially for them to receive them into their bank account before they ship those goods to me. So what's going to happen there is there's going to be a lag when I might be wanting to get those goods as soon as possible, but ultimately I've got to wait for my wire to hit the other end to clear before they're willing to send those funds. So, you know, it all comes down to trust, and it's fine when you, uh, over a period of months and years, have a relationship with another business, but when you're first setting that up, trust plays a really important role. This all strikes me very much as um, one of those scenarios that is, this is the way that it's always been done. And as technology has progressed and as the world has, as we talked about a second ago, just kind of shrink and now more business is being done internationally, it just strikes me as uh, not enough people have considered uh, how can we do this differently? And that's something that you've really done at Nanopay. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a really good point because in people's personal lives, they're used to now you know, mobile wallets or other means of instant payment. Um, and yet when it comes to business to business payments, they're still using checks and wires. Um, you know, there, there are, there is a better way. And a lot of the focus in the payments space thus far has been focused on, on, on P2P payments, on merchant payments and business to business payments represents a huge opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. It's it, it as you mentioned earlier, it strikes me as odd that, you know, I can watch, you know, pizza being delivered to me or if I need to pay a friend back for, you know, buying that pizza for me, I can just send him a quick Venmo or something like that. But businesses haven't had that kind of flexibility until what you're doing at Nanopay. When a business 
um, sends an invoice to another business right now. Um, uh, you know, what's interesting is that they will include on that invoice wire instructions, banking information, and we've been really, really conditioned as in the B2B world to provide all of that sensitive information right there, uh, um, you know, and one of the key things that we believe is there's no reason for you to, to exchange banking information. You should be able to process a payment or, and request a payment without having to share that really sensitive information. So using Nanopay, how would a, a payment between businesses look differently? Uh, kind of walk me through that process from uh, the, the point where it's requested to its completion. Well, how, does that, how does it look different than, than the traditional methods? You, you know, and, and, and just before I do that, the one thing that I'll say that it's important to understand is the way that our platform is set up, there are really two ways that businesses can consume our technology. They can they can use our Nanopay, um, you know, connect to as a as a white label. And so, really, what they can do is they can uh, use our application and have it branded as their own. So, this could be ideally suited for um, an accounting for, firm, or it could be ideally suited for a bank wanting to offer B two B payments to their customers. The other side of it is you can use NAPI, and this is for software as a service companies, technology companies that, or very large corporates that want to payment enable their existing applications. Um, so there are two different ways, but fundamentally the way that it works is, is, is relatively the same. Ultimately, an invoice equates in our world to a request to be paid. But that, that request to be paid ultimately has all of the information required. The payment needs to be sent to this particular business. This is all of the relative metadata. This is the invoice information. Here's what the payment is for. And then all you have to do at that point as the business that's received that is to click a, a, a either a scheduled payment or pay that now. And the, the uh, you will have... Before you would have done that, you would have linked your bank account information, and ultimately the payment will be debited from your bank account and will be sent to the business on the other end. The, the beautiful thing about this is that both businesses on either side of a payment can log into the platform and see the status of where that payment is. Uh, so you get two different views of exactly the same payment. If I'm a, the business is actually going to make the payment, and again, if they've scheduled the payment, then they're going. You're going to get the information that the business has scheduled the payment for the end of the month. So all of this information, that metadata around the payment, helps build that trust to know that a business has received an invoice. They've scheduled the payment for the end of the month. When the payment is ultimately paid, you'll be notified as well. And um, that metadata and that exchange of the, um, it gives you the ability of providing almost like a UPS-like tracking of where a payment is. And again, to get back to the example I used before, when I can, when I can watch the car in, in, you know, uh, in a mobile app, on my phone, uh, drive to my house, we're providing sort of the same kind of visual thing by providing updates and information about 
the status of exactly where that payment is. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And and I think that increased uh, transparency will certainly help put uh, maybe minds at ease and make the process, uh, you know, reduce headaches and then also streamlines that workflow quite a bit as well, which I think is another uh, really nice benefit uh, of how you have things set up here. Yeah, it, it, we call it sort of, you know, uh, the speed of work. And so what we're able to do is we're able to using... Um, uh, the, the, the workflow process to streamline all of the approvals in place so that we can reduce the cost of moving money. I mean, most businesses today completely underestimate the true cost of processing a, you know, payment. Um, you know, they, they, they don't think through the costs of staff, the cost of errors. And I mean, a lot of payments, especially when it comes to wires, manual, you know, um, digging into where a payment is, is a big part. And someone's got to do that, um, you know, at, let alone the cost of foreign exchange. I mean, a lot of businesses today, when they're sending money overseas, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, banks, you know, some of them may or may not charge fees, but ultimately you have to make sure that you're getting a good foreign exchange rate because that ultimately, if you don't have a great exchange rate, then you're going to increase the cost of all of the payments that you make. Absolutely. Now, uh, some people might uh, look at this and think, you know, I'm, I'm not good with technology. I don't know uh, how, to, how to use software very well, S- something along those lines. How easy can you have somebody set up and integrated into the system? And, and how, how simple is it to, to set up? It, it is really quite easy. And again, it gets back to, you know, how that business has, uh, has essentially implemented the, you know, Connect technology. If they're building it into their existing software as a service application via our API, then they can actually leverage all of the onboarding that they have built into their application. Um, and then ultimately, when they want to process a payment, they can process payment requests as part of any kind of uh, payables and receivables that they have built into their application. If it's uh, a white label, onboarding is, I mean, it is the first thing that has to happen. If you're a business and I'm logging into the system, the first thing is you have to be onboarded to the system. You need to provide a really, uh, you know, frictionless way of collecting all the right information because the one thing about business to business payments is that from a you know compliance standpoint you need to collect the right information uh, because there are specific obligations from a reporting standpoint money laundering is a really big issue so in the business to business payment world i mean this could be one of the drivers that is that is slowing the adoption of next generation payments a platform like ours is able to streamline that compliance that onboarding so that as a business you can get onto the platform quickly link your bank account and start to process payments now i would think that one of the big things that uh, lingers in people's minds is security that's obviously a big deal when it comes to moving large amounts of money uh, at any point so how can you guarantee that transfers are protected and that people's money is secure it is a, I mean, it is probably one of the, the top three things that we hear about. I mean, you know, I get back to the example I used 
with respect to the invoices. For years, businesses put their banking information, wire instructions right on there. So the one thing that we do right up front is the platform functions so that the businesses, you don't have to have the bank information. If you've got it, great, but you don't need to have it. In fact, what we're doing is that we would rather the business that's either going to process a payment or receive a payment add their own bank account information. Bank account information might change. I might have multiple bank accounts, and depending upon the payment, I might want to receive in a different bank account. So that is incredibly helpful. The underlying uh, uh, way that the payments are sent, though, needs to be absolutely secure. Um, you know, when you're dealing with people's money, there, you know, you have to make sure that first of all that the system is up and available. You know, downtime is something we simply cannot afford. Um, the other side of it is is that you need to protect both sides of whether it's the sender or the you know receiver uh, of a payment. Um, fraud is a really big issue. Whenever you launch a new service that's focused on payments, typically the first people that knock on the door are those people that are trying to somehow uh, game the system and to find, find a way to see if there's a weakness here, to see if this is a, a better way for them to defraud the system. Um, so we have a, a lot of protections in place. We have the ability to have business rules that change the way that payments are, are going to be approved based on amount. Because uh, ultimately, you know, you might have a signing of authority. If you're making a payment for $500, you need to, you know, ha perhaps have a different set of rules in the event that you're processing payment for $500,000. Uh, so having a system with business rules that can be customized depending upon how you want to use the system is critical. Because in typically what we see, businesses have different rules. They all have different um, levels of uh, of, of risk that they're willing to take. So we need to have a system that is flexible enough to let them define their own rules so that they are comfortable with um, the level of risk that, that they are willing to take on. Right. And uh, I think just with the the momentum and the way things are going in terms of of international commerce and international business, uh, that the need for this is is only beginning to ramp up, that, that it's not going to, to go away. Do you see that, um, you know, that, that this is going to be something that continues to be an increasing need in the future? Yeah, I mean, there's there's some really interesting stats. I mean, I think in the UK, for example, I mean, of small to medium-sized enterprises, one out of every 10 of them is now sending in excess of 1 million pounds abroad each year. You know, really what we're seeing um, in, you know, not only in the North American market, but also in Europe, is that more and more businesses are now looking for opportunities to do business with uh, other partners around the world. Uh, the world is, is, is becoming a smaller place. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of those businesses that are looking to expand, are looking to, you know, to move across global borders in order to make that happen. So we really only see cross-border payments uh, growing in the years to come. And it, while it represents a, a really great opportunity for us, um, you know, it's critical that they look beyond the existing way of doing things. You know, sending checks, sending wires, 
It's slow, expensive. You don't get the metadata that you need. Um, you know, there is a better way. There is a better way, and I think that this opens up uh, maybe more more possibilities for businesses that, that maybe have uh, held back on, uh, you know, embracing the international market and things like that. Just because of these types of concerns, uh, there's a better way and there's a secure way. And I think you kind of remove a lot of the obstacles and a lot of the uh, maybe fear of, of really diving in with both feet to that to that international market. We do. I mean, we, we you know, we, you know, try to keep it simple. I mean, there, you know, we're trying to do things faster, better, cheaper. Um, and, uh, you know, that's really what drives us. And, you know, we know in talking to our clients that that's, that's one of the reasons why they give us an opportunity. Absolutely. Well, Simon Keo, he is the head of products at NanoPay. Simon, thank you so much for joining me today and explaining a little bit more about what NanoPay does. Thank you so much. 